0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading.
1: Okay, here we go. Matthew chapter 20 from the New King James Version. Here's what it says. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, the third hour, and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So he didn't agree for a denarius a day with each of them but he said, whatever's right, I'll give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour. So this is about an hour before the day is done. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. So he didn't agree to anything specific with them either. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages. Now watch this. Beginning with the last to the first. And when those who came, excuse me, and when those came who were hired about the 11th hour... They each received a denarius. They received the same thing that was originally agreed, agreed to for the first group. They each received the denarius. But when the first came, in other words, they paid everybody, and now it was the first group. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner saying, these last men have worked only one hour. So you can tell it's a 12-hour day. These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Well, you can understand their complaint. They worked 12 hours, and they got the same pay as the ones who only worked one hour and didn't even work in the heat of the day. And so notice this, but he answered, and Jesus is teaching us something about the kingdom of God and something that we got to get settled in our hearts. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first last, for many are called, but few are chosen. Well, of course, there's a lesson here about the Jews having been all the way from Abraham walking in covenant with God. They've been the people of God all this time. And all of a sudden now, Jesus dies on the cross, and the Gentiles are brought into this, and they receive the same salvation and the covenant, even the blessing of Abraham and all of that. And it's like, well, wait a minute, they just got here, and they're receiving all this blessing. And and Jesus says this to them, really the master. But this is Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God. Hey, I'm giving you what I agreed to give you. And I, out of the benevolence and goodness of my heart, I want to give something undeserved to all of them. And are you saying that because I want to be benevolent and show extra grace to people, That that's evil to do, and now you're going to complain. See, and so yes, this has to do with a larger picture, but it also has to do with our hearts, because there are going to be unmet expectations. God is not trying to be fair. In other words, He's not trying to treat everybody identically. Now, does He treat us with equal love and so on? Yes, but sometimes, in fact, let me say it this way: If the Lord wants to share extra grace with you and say give you some extra money this month just to bless you. Do you think because he's not going to do that for every child in the body of Christ that he shouldn't do it for you? No. When it's for you you would say, "No, I would be so thankful if he would help me, especially if you you know have some other things that you need. I'd be so thankful if he did that to me." Yeah, but somebody else may say, "Well, that's not fair. You shouldn't do that to them unless you're going to do it for me too." We live in that kind of a world where we want to judge somebody else's action. That's not even our money. That's not even our, those aren't even our possessions. And yet we want to dictate, no, if you're going to do that, then you also have to do this. No, no, they don't. (laughs) Just because you say so doesn't mean they do. And Jesus is teaching just because we think that God needs to treat everybody the same, that doesn't mean he does. And if you get cocky and begin to act like God has to do it your way, or else it's wrong, then you are skewed, (laughs) you are foolish, because God is the one who does things right. He is the one who knows how things are. He's the one that gave us morality. So don't ever question God's morality. God always does things the right way. And so uh, what we need to do is to say, hey, look, I'm standing on the promises of God for me, And I'm gonna rejoice if somebody gets some extra that they didn't deserve. I can rejoice over them because God's still faithful to me. See, that's the right heart and attitude. Otherwise, if you're always self-centered and thinking about yourself and what you're gonna get, you'll never be able to truly, from the heart, rejoice with somebody who gets blessed. You'll always be thinking, oh, why didn't I get that blessing? Oh, why didn't I get that car? Why didn't I get that wife or whatever spouse? You'll always be thinking that you can never genuinely rejoice because you're always looking through things with a self focused prism, uh, through a self focused prism. Oh, folks, Jesus is saying, you need to stop that. You need to take God at His word for you. And when you get what God promised you, rejoice. And if somebody else gets something else, well, rejoice with them. But don't try to hold the master accountable as if. He did something wrong when he didn't. Okay, so Jesus says, So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Oh, let me tell you, I not only want to be called, but I want to be chosen, don't you? So I want to have my heart right, my attitude right, and be thankful for God's grace. All of us are under such tremendous grace and benevolence from god verse 17 now jesus going up to jerusalem took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them behold we are going up to jerusalem and the son of man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes and they will condemn him to death notice he didn't mention a thing about the romans the romans will be involved but it was the chief priest that was scribe, it was the religious jewish leaders that were the real ones that were delivering jesus up To be crucified and thank god they did because had jesus not died on the cross for our sins the world would not have the opportunity to be saved so let's not get on the jews case for doing that it was god's plan that they would do that so that jesus could die for our sins so notice this Uh, jesus said we're going to go up to jerusalem i'm going to be betrayed by the chief priests and the scribes they'll condemn him to death And deliver him to the Gentiles, they're the Romans, and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and discourage and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. Notice Jesus is declaring prophetically the third day he will rise again. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, that's James and John, came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? You remember in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before Jesus died? He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. This assignment is what he's talking about. I have to You're asking me to drink this cup to follow through with this assignment. If it's possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so he said, you don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, talking about his death? They said to him, James and John said, we are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup. See, he's prophesying that they'll be martyred, really, in, in essence, or be at least abused. Uh, the records that we have don't show that John actually died, but they tried to martyr him and such, but he didn't end up dying that way. He ended up dying, as far as we can tell, of old age. Uh, but he still had to go through what would have been a martyr uh, abuse and such. We are able, he said to them, you will indign- Indeed, drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. Notice Jesus leaves things in the Father's authority, doesn't try to usurp the authority, but leaves things in the Father's authority. He said the Father is the one that is making those decisions about who sits in what seat in the kingdom in heaven. Verse 24, and when the 10 heard it, (laughs) the other 10 disciples, when they heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it, lord it, like have a dominion, dominate one another. They lord it over them. The rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great, those who are great, exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Isn't that precious? And so Jesus is saying in this kingdom, in this family, we don't take every opportunity to have authority and to dominate and to control other people. Instead, no, we want to become the servants. So the leaders in the kingdom of God serve other people, not dominate other people. That doesn't mean they don't have to make decisions and uh, do their duty as leaders to take responsibility because they do. But they don't do it lording lording over people dominating other people they want to do it in a way that serves other people blesses other people and such but still takes their leadership responsibility verse 29 and we see that see that by the way in the ministry of jesus where he did not just lead the disciples by consensus or committee or vote no he knew his assignment and so he had to make those decisions but he was trying to help them along the way to understand, to be the best that they could be, to be prepared for the future, etc. Verse 29. Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him, and behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Now, when these two blind men called out to the Son of David, they were acknowledging that he was the Messiah, the son of David, the son of David that would sit on the throne of David forever. Well, that's the Messiah that was known to be the Messiah, whoever that son of David would be. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. And so notice, people couldn't shut him up. They were gonna cry out to Jesus. And people try to shut us up, try to keep us from praying, or get us to look to other options and such. Oh no, these these blind men would not be stopped. So it went on to say in verse 32. So Jesus stood still when he heard them yelling, "Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David." When he heard them continue to yell, he stood still, and called them and uh, to him. So it took a while, no doubt, for them to come. And then Jesus said, "What do you want me to do for you?" You can imagine. You know, people are saying well, they're blind. What do you think he wants? But I've had so many people, you think they're going to ask for one thing, but there's really something else on their mind that they want prayed for or want God to do for them. So Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. I want you to notice now, Jesus said, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So when we see Jesus just respond like that to heal, then we know that it is the heart of God and the will of God ultimately for everybody to be healed. Now, not everybody's in a position to be healed. And that's another subject. But nonetheless, is it the will of God? Does God want people to be healed? Well, that's the same question as does God want people to be saved? Yes, he does but they're not all saved. Does God want people to be healed? Ultimately, yes, but they're not all healed. And there are factors that the Bible teaches us.
0: Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com slash give.